Today we're looking in the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 4. The book of 1 Timothy chapter number 4. Paul writes to young Timothy, his son in the faith, and he says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. I want us to look at that last part there. Paul says to Timothy, and I believe it is for all of us as well today, he says, be an example. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. This morning I want to talk a little bit about being an example. Father, I thank you today, Father, for this uh, opportunity and this time and this service. Understanding, Lord, that there's nothing more important than the ministry of the Word of God. And God, I thank you that your Word not only tells us how to get to heaven, but it, it also tells us how to live our lives. And God, I just pray that you will help us today, Lord, to learn the lessons that you want us to learn today. God, I pray that you will help us all to be incredible example to others as we live our life loving and living for and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, your blessing upon the remaining part of this service today, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, I've got good news for you today, and I have bad news. The good news is, you're an example. The bad news is, you're an example. (laughs) You see, whether you like it or not, whether you want to be or not, you are an example. Now, you might be a good one or you might be a, a, a bad one, but either way, you are one. When Paul wrote to Timothy and told him to be an example, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that he just took it for granted that Timmy would, would understand that Paul meant be a good example. Now, there are five areas where Paul admonished Timothy to be an example in, and I want us to take a, que- a quick peek at these five areas today. First of all, Paul says to Timothy, he says, be an example. First of all, he says, in what you say. In what you say. You see, a person's speech says much about them. The the language they speak tells you what country they're from. Their accent tells you which part of the country uh, that they are from. Uh, Whether positive or negative words are mostly spoken tells you a lot about their attitude. If they curse, if they swear, if they use vulgarity, that also tells a lot about that person. On the other hand, if they are constantly speaking encouraging and uplifting and kind words, that too tells much about them. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 12 and 34. Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth speaks. Jesus said that if you want to know what is in a person's heart, 
If you want to know what they are really all about, if you want to know what is really inside of a person, Jesus said all you got to do is listen to the words that are constantly coming out of their mouth. Wow. Paul said to Timothy, be an example in what you say. So I want to challenge all of us here this morning to speak three types of words. Number one, I want to encourage us to speak positive words. Speak positive words. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 says, encourage each other and build each other up. I challenge you. How many remember what this year is, what we declared this year? It's the year of what? It's the year of challenge. And so I challenge you. Listen to me. I challenge you. I challenge all of us here today. I challenge you to listen to yourself. Start listening to yourself. Do do you constantly encourage or do you constantly discourage? Do you build people up or do you tear people down? down? Do do you constantly tell people that they can or do you constantly tell people why they can't? Let me ask you this, do you praise God for the rain or do you grumble because you just washed your car? I usually grumble because it rains on Sunday. I love the rain but not on Sunday. Fair weather Christians stay home. <laughs> Number two, speak peaceful words. Peaceful words. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, Let your conversation be gracious and let it be attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Proverbs 15 and 1 says that a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words. Make tempers flare. You see, so often it's not even the words that we say. But so often it's the tone of voice that we, that we use. Or sometimes it is the words that we choose uh, to use. Words like always and never. You know, we tell our spouse, you always this. Are you always that? Or you never do this. Or you never do that. We challenge you this morning. Life is too short to waste it on bickering and fussing and and nitpicking and fighting about things that don't really matter much at all. And why is it? Why is it that we have so much patience? We have an abundance of patience and we speak ever so kindly to everybody except the ones that we love the most. Let me ask you this this morning, why? Why do we add fuel to somebody else's fire? When somebody comes to us with a problem or when someone comes to us griping about something or when someone comes to us complaining about something, we we can do one of two things. We can either add fuel to the fire or we can use peaceful words that help put out the fire. Proverbs 26 and 20 says, the fire will go out without wood. 
That's true, isn't it? No matter how big the fire, but as soon as it runs out of wood, the fire is going to go out. And why is it when people come to us and they've got this fire burning, you know, and why is it instead of us allowing the fire to go out, instead we put wood on the fire and we stoke the fire and make it a hotter fire and a bigger fire? Amen? The fire will go out without wood and quarrels will disappear when gossip stops. And how many understand that there are three sides to every story? Pastor, there's two sides. No, there's three sides. There's three sides to every story. There's your side, their side, and the right side. And usually the right side is somewhere in the middle between their story and your story. And then speak peaceful or purposeful words. Purposeful words. Proverbs 15 and 7 says, the lips of the wise give good advice. Now everybody gives advice. But the lips of the wise give good advice. And Proverbs 15 and 23 says, it is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Wow, that is awesome when people say the right thing at the right time. Most people say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And verse 28 says, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Wow, that's a good one. We need to hear that. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. You see, just because you think a thought, just because something comes in your mind, that doesn't necessarily mean that it ought to roll out of your mouth. How many have ever let something come out of your mouth and wish you could just grab it and throw it back in there? The problem is once it's out, it's out. Once it's spoken, it's spoken. Once it's on Facebook, it's on Facebook. Forever. And ever. You may not retrieve it, but that geek, he can retrieve it. Let me just just tell you that if you ever see me pause up here, it doesn't happen very often. But if you ever see me pause up here, it's not because I don't have something to say. It's not because I'm up here trying to think of what I'm going to say next. If I pause, it's because I am thinking about whether or not I should say what I'm about to say. Sometimes I ought to pause more. (laughs) Speak purposeful words. Make, Make sure that what you say has a purpose, a positive purpose, a, a peaceful purpose, a pure purpose. Paul wrote to young Timothy, be an example. Be an example in what you, you say. Why, Paul? Why, why should I be an example in what I say? Because people are listening to us. I shudder sometimes when I think of all of the people that have listened to me preach the last 42 years of my ministry. 
You'd think after 42 years of preparing sermons that, that it would be easier and that you could do it quicker. Let me tell you, it takes five times longer now than it did 40 years ago. Why? Because I am careful about what I allow to come out of my mouth. I understand and I recognize that I'm going to be held responsible. Jesus said that we're going to give an account of every idle word that men shall speak. Every idle word. And if you think that's bad, some of you are in overdrive. Can you imagine what you're going to have to give account for? I wish for idle words sometimes instead of words on steroids. Amen? Hello? Amen? Why? Why do I need to be an example in what I say? Because people are listening to us. There are little ears. And they don't miss anything. And people are being influenced by us. Especially people that we have influence over. Listen, the truth of the matter is they may not know anything about the subject or anything, but when they hear what you say, then because they have a respect for you or a relationship for you, the next time that comes up, the thing they say is what you said. They don't have a thought on the matter, but, but, but they can now talk and they can now speak because they remember what you said. I remember when I was in the third grade. When I was in the third grade and we had a, a presidential election. It was election year and we had an election in our third year class. I didn't know the difference between a Democrat and a Republican. I just knew who my daddy was. And what my daddy was. So that's who I was. I will tell you I'm no longer that. But I remember how, looking back, how the election went and how the house was divided. And it was divided not because those third grade uh, kids uh, were able, you know, to know who the best candidate was and who to vote for. No, they just knew who mom and daddy were voting for. And who mom and daddy were voting for, that's who they were going to vote for. Why? Because mom and daddy had influence. Let me tell you, you have influence. And every word that comes out of your mouth, those people that you have influence over, They're going to hear it. People are listening to us. People are being influenced by us. People are imitating us. People are imitating us. My son was here. He pastors, of course, in, in Burleson, Texas, but he was here for opening day. And after church, he, he told me, he said, Dad, because he, he knows that I'm mentoring Pastor Steve. And, and uh, he said, Dad, he said, as Steve was doing the announcements and doing the prayer, he said, he said, I just, I, I saw so much of you in him. And I, so many of the words that he used and some of the phrases that he used and some of the descriptions that he used were the words that, and the descriptions that I've heard uh, you for many, many years. He, thought, he said, I thought, I sat there, I thought, this is pretty neat. Paul writes to young Timothy, be an example of what you say. Why? Because people are listening to us. Why? Because people are being influenced by us. Why? Because people are imitating us. Think about that next time you want to throw your bat at the ball game. <laughs> or cuss out the umpire. Hey, just ask my little three-year-old granddaughter, Eliana. 
Just ask her, what does is, what is Grandma Don say? And she'll respond, (laughs) Notice another area Paul told young Timothy to be an example in. He says, be an example in the way you live. Because you see, not only do people listen to what you say, they watch how you live. I've told you about a man in this church who came up to me, it's been a, quite a while ago now, but, but he came up to me uh, one night and, and he got right in my face and he said, I just want you to know I've been watching you. I thought, oh no. What has he seen me do? I'm about to get it. So I braced myself for whatever he was going to tell me. And he said, thank you. I've watched you, and you live what you preach. (laughs) He didn't see me when I did this, 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 this. (laughs) Let me suggest three ways we should live our lives. First of all, I believe we should live with consistency. Because you see, too many Christians are like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, Oh, you never know which one is going to show up. I had a man in my church several years ago, not this church, but another church that I pastored many years ago, and this man, for whatever reason, he wanted to be my friend. The problem was, I never knew which Jack would show up. Now, I changed the name to protect the guilty. And it's the truth because one day he would treat me like a king and the very next day he would treat me like a bum. On Sunday he would be all spiritual man. He would do anything within his power to get himself on the platform and get a hold of the microphone. He was Mr. Spiritual. On Monday... He'd pick a fight with somebody. We wonder. We wonder why people want no part of our God. It just might be the inconsistent life that we live. We say one thing, but our actions say something else. James 3 and 10 says, out of the very same mouth comes blessing and cursing. And James says, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. On one side of our mouth we are praising and on the other side profanity is coming out. James says, how can that be? 1 Timothy 4 and 16 says, keep a close watch On how you live and on your teaching, stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and and the salvation of those who hear you. See, some people can't get to the cross because you're in the way. 
Some people can't get to Jesus because you say you're a Jesus person, but they don't see any Jesus in you. And you are a stumbling block, and they can't get to the cross, and they can't get to salvation, and they can't get to Jesus because they're stumbling over you. And the way you're living your life. And then let me suggest the way we ought to live, we should also live with compassion. First Peter 3 and 8 says, having compassion for one another, be tender hearted. Truth of the matter is, too many Christians are like Job's friends were. Instead of having compassion for him, instead of sympathizing with him, they turned on him and they told him that he brought all of his trouble on himself. Well, hey, the truth is sometimes we do bring on troubles uh, and bring on our own problems because the Bible says that we reap what we sow. But listen to me this morning, even if this is the case, it still doesn't negate the need for compassion. Now, if that person becomes bitter, we cannot and should not share in their bitterness. We cannot and should not share in their offense. But compassion should always be our way of life. See, I will not give a drunk a drink, but I still will have compassion for him. I will not give a gambling addict money to gamble, but I will still have compassion for him. Why? Because without compassion, we can't reach anyone. And without compassion, we cannot help anyone. Paul said to Timmy, he said, hey, be an example in the way you live. And then I think we should live with conviction. Now, when I was growing up, that's all we heard about. (laughs) Some of you 50 or older... I'm about to get there, but for those of you 50 or older, you know what I'm talking about. If the, if the preacher hadn't studied, he just gets up and preaches about convictions, and mostly about his. But the pendulum has swung the other direction today. No one talks about convictions today. Well, you can't say that at the grace place because we're about to. Amen? Amen. And so we should live with conviction. I want you to listen very, very clearly and carefully to me this morning. I want you to hear everything I have to say, not just a little bit you want to hear or don't want to hear. Romans 14 and 5 says, In the same way, some people think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. Paul writes, You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. We have two churches sitting side by side. Seventh-day Adventists over there, they worship on Saturday. And they are totally convinced that they're right and we're wrong. We have church on Sunday. And we're totally convinced that they're doing it on the wrong day. What really helps is we can share each other's parking, amen? So y'all pray they don't ever see the light. Hey, they're good friends. I'm, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't just have fun if, if, if they weren't good friends. 
Amen? But Paul says to some, in some uh, in the same way, some think that, that one day is more holy than another day, while others think an, uh, uh, another day is more holy. And Let me read it. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike, which is really what we think. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Let me tell you, I've been in both churches. I've been in both services. I preached for them. And the Lord anointed me when I preached for them on Saturday morning, just like he anoints me on Sunday morning to preach to you. But here's what we need to understand. There was much division in the early church as they transitioned from the dispensation of law into the dispensation of grace. And different groups of people tried to hold on to different parts of the law. They would let go of this part, but they would hold on to that part. And others would let go of that part, by hold, but wanted to hold on to this part. Well, little has changed. The two churches will just prove that. Little have changed. And some people have a conviction in one area, but have no problem in another, and vice versa. Here's what we need to understand. All of us should should have our own set of convictions. I can do this, but I can't do that. I can go here, but I can't go there. I can be involved in this, but I can't be involved in that. Now hear me this morning. Although we should all have our own set of convictions, all of our convictions will be different. They'll all be different. My convictions are not necessarily your convictions, and and your convictions are not necessarily my convictions. How can this be? Well, it's because of many things. Let me just throw a few out. It's because of our upbringing. I was brought up different than you were. You were brought up different than me. You had different parents. I had different parents. You went to a different church. I went to a different church. And our our convictions that we have often is partly because of our upbringing. It's because of our tradition. And I don't care how non-abominational you are. You'll align up with some other non-abominational church. Come on. I'm having a little fun, but come on, stay with me. Everybody has tradition. Everybody. Amen? Amen. Which tradition do you guys observe in your marriage? Indian? Mexican? How do you? As long as you have Mexican food, right? I know what you do. Whatever Priscilla wants to do, that's what you do. How, How can all of us have different Convictions, well, it's for many reasons. One reason is because of our upbringing. Another reason is our tradition. Sometimes it's because of our former lifestyles. If somebody gets delivered from something, man, I want to tell you what, they have absolutely, man, I mean, they don't even want to be around it. They have no tolerance in that area because because that was their life. Or someone else might even partake of that maybe in a temperate kind of way. 
but they just can't buy it. They can't see it. Even the generation we were born in. Every generation has its own set of quirks and its own set of things that, you know, idiosyncrasies and things about them. The only thing that now that I'm getting a little older and some of the younger ones are, you know, wanting to do some things that I'm not totally comfortable or it's not anything I was ever a part of, but I try if I can and participate and do that. But what really helps me is that I know it won't be long and they'll be my age. And the young ones coming up after them will think they're old and out of style and don't have any smarts. How do I know it? Because I was where they are now and I'm where I am now. Hey, our understanding of Scripture or misunderstanding of Scripture is another factor. And You know, you can take this Bible, you can make it say anything you want it to say. All you have to do is take it out of context. And some people have a conviction about something and, and they are adamant for or against something based upon their Scripture when their scripture they're using is totally out of context. It has nothing to do with what they're talking about. It says it, but you put it in context and it doesn't say what they say it says. Let me know what I'm saying. Amen? See, much of the Bible is black and white. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. What part of no don't you understand? But much in life is not clearly spoken of in Scripture. And it's in these cases and in these cases alone where our convictions should kick in. And all of us should live our lives with some convictions. But we should not try to force our convictions on others. And we should not look down on others if they don't have the same convictions that we do. And we should not act superior to them and think of ourselves as more holy than they are because they don't hold to our personal set of convictions. See, here's what I've, uh, I've discovered along the way, and I've been along the way for a while now. Here's what I discovered, and I had to discover it for myself. But I discovered that sometimes we are indeed convicted by God. The Holy Spirit does a good job of convicting our heart of sin and wrong. And sometimes, yes, we are indeed convicted by God. But sometimes we are simply convinced by man. Whether that be our mom and our dad and the way we were raised. Whether that be our pastor and his understanding. Hello? See, there are some things I do today that I wouldn't do 30 years ago. Some things I do today that I, I, I would not do 30 years ago. Sure, wouldn't do them 40 years ago. And there are some things I won't do today that I would do 30, 40 years ago. Why? I, dis- I discovered... But I wasn't convicted by God at all. 
I was simply convinced by man. I was convinced by my mom and dad, who are wonderful people. And I don't disrespect them. But everything they taught me is not true. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. (laughs) My pastor, everything he told me is not true. When I was 16 years old, I was youth director of my church. Not hard to believe because at 17 I was pastoring, so there you go. (laughs) Doesn't everybody do it that way? I hope not. And he brought me in his office. And he sat me down and he looked at me and he said, Brother Mike, he said, you're doing a good job as youth leader of our church. And he said, for a 16-year-old boy, he said, you can put together a a decent little sermon and preach a little, decent little sermon. But he looked at me and he said, son, if you think you're ever going to be successful in the assemblies of God, you better cut those sideburns. (laughs) He's dead. He's gone. He's in heaven. He's a wonderful man. He would love me. Those sideburns are gone. (laughs) What? My sideburns? I'm going to hell because I've got sideburns. <laughs> the old timers, they used to preach against the men having long hair. And what they meant with long was if it went over your ear or it went over your collar, it's long. But they had that evangelistic hair, you know, steadfast, unmovable. <laughs> you know? And hair would come out about like this, and then it'd come back around. <laughs> and they'd lay down on their pillow at night, you know, it looked like they were a woman, you know, that hair would be laying over. Their hair was longer. Their hair was longer than the ones they were preaching against. But because of the way they combed it, it wasn't. <laughs> hey, if you've got a conviction about the way you wear your hair, then you need to abide by your conviction. But make sure it's really a conviction and you're not just convinced by some preacher or some person. Amen? Let me just give you a good little advice this morning. Amen? Yeah, come in here. Yeah, turn your bulletin over. Yeah, write notes. Yeah, fill in the blanks. And then go home and look up the scriptures and look up the content and look up the context and see whether or not, don't just, just because I've been here 11 and a half years and you say, well, I guess he's okay now. No, don't do that. Go home and read for yourself and see what the word of the Lord says. And no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I try, a little bit of my, con- of my tradition is going to come into my sermon. A little bit of my conviction is going to make its way into my sermon, whether I want to or not, whether I try to keep it out or not. It's going to, it's going to come out. Amen. So don't just take everything at face value. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Amen. Doing a little treaching, treaching this morning. A little preaching, teaching, treaching. 
Paul says in Romans 14 and 5, let each person, say each person. Let each person be fully convinced. Say fully convinced. In his own mind. Say own mind. Now, let me, let me, let me caution you here. We're, we're talking about areas where the Bible doesn't specifically address or is not totally clear on. Listen, listen, hear me clearly. We do not need a personal conviction on something the Bible addresses clearly. In these areas, it's not a matter of conviction. Rather, it is a matter of obedience or disobedience. And Paul wrote to young Timothy, be an example. Be an example in the way that you live. Make sure that what you say oh, and how you live line up. Don't be one way on Sunday morning and another way on Monday. And if you live an inconsistent lifestyle, please don't tell them that you go to the grace place. (laughs) And please don't try and reach them for Jesus. Let somebody reach him that's really living the life. Because probably you are a stumbling block. And the reason they haven't got to Jesus yet. I've got five points this morning. I'm on point two. We're going to have a great day, aren't we? And I hope you're having as much fun as I'm having today, man. We're going to be here a while. It's going to be awesome. Where's my deacons? Let me see your hands. Where's my deacons? I know I've got one out of town. Okay. If I stop right now, do I get a raise? Okay. One, two, three. All right. All right, we're stopping right here, okay, and I get it right. Y'all witnessed that, didn't you? All right. Amen. Amen. Hey, we've got, we are, I'm going to stop right here. I was actually going to stop after point three anyway and didn't even get to point three. Just got to point two. Evidently, some of y'all really needed this today. Hey, we're going to move into a very exciting time in this service this morning. We're going to move into a time of water baptism. So if you're here this morning and you've been you've prepared for water baptism, or you're with someone who is going to be baptized, and you're supposed to go with them. If you'll go out this door right here, Pastor Steve will lead you, and he'll give you instructions. Amen. If the worship team could get back in place this morning, please. We're not done this morning. We still have some time uh, uh, for the Lord to speak to us while they get ready and get prepared for water baptism. Please don't don't leave. This is exciting. It's you know what? This is just a good sign that, that it's a healthy church, a good sign of a healthy church, amen, when people are being baptized in water, amen, amen, amen. Well, today we're talking about being an example. Paul said to young Timothy, be an example. Be an example. He said, be an example of what you say, an example of the way you live. And then he said, be an example in your love. He said, be an example in your faith. Be an example in your purity. Next Sunday, we'll talk about be an example in love and in faith and in purity if the Lord will allow us to finish up next Sunday. Amen. Father, I just pray today that you will take, Lord, the word that has been presented today. Lord, not, not my sermon, Lord, but Lord, the, the, the true word of God that has been in this uh, presentation today. God, let this word, Father. Lord, for some, let it be seed. God, let this word be seed today in the heart of some people today. 
For others, God, let it be water. Lord, there's, the seed has been planted some other time, but this has been water for that seed. Water for that seed. Water for that seed. And then for others today, I, I pray, Lord, that through this word today and through the, through the Holy Spirit today, Lord, that this, Lord, the word that was planted sometime and watered another time will come to fruition in this service and at this moment right now. Father, I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. I'm, I'm just going to ask you this morning. I, 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 didn't teach, I didn't preach about salvation today, but I found out a long time ago it doesn't really matter what I preach on. The Holy Spirit can do whatever He wants to do. I think we limit the Holy Spirit sometimes. I think he's only going to do in line with what we have taught or what we have preached or what we have ministered. So as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and no one is talking or visiting and no one is looking about this morning, I just don't want one person today to walk out of this room without an opportunity to come to Christ. I, I was at a little reunion yesterday of, an, of a church that I attended when I was just a little boy. And I heard my daddy, who was, went to that church several times, I heard him tell a story of the fact that he had backslid. Even after becoming a pastor, he had backslid. But God began to deal with his heart. And he told my mother, who had not backslid, and she was going to this church. He said, I'll go with you this morning. And my dad said to himself, he said, if someone comes and talks to me, I'm going to get saved. preacher preached the sermon, the altar call was given, no one responded, no one came to talk to my dad, so my dad did not respond. My dad said just about the time he was about to get up from his pew, he said he felt a hand on his shoulder. And a gentleman said to him, Bob, don't you want to get right with the Lord today? Don't you want to get back to the Lord today? Well, he did want to, but he kind of pushed God a little bit and said, God, I need somebody to and that happened. And so today, I don't want to be the one that fails to give you. Maybe maybe you said, you know what, I'm going to go to that church, and you know what, I'm, I'm going to respond. I'm, I'm, this is the day I'm going to get saved, but I didn't give you the chance. I don't want that to happen, so this is your opportunity. So as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today, I wonder if you're here this morning. You've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I don't, I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm not talking about, uh, about some particular religion. I'm, I'm talking about being saved through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, no one gets to heaven. No one gets to the Father unless they come through. So it doesn't matter what the name is over the door. It doesn't matter about those guys. What matters is, have we trusted in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior? If you're here today and you have never put your faith and your trust and your confidence in what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, which, by the way, is the only way that you can be saved. If you've never done that and you want to do that today, you want to put your faith, your trust, and your confidence in Jesus Christ, 
and receive him as your Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, I want you just to lift your hand up real high in this room this morning. Lift it up really high and kind of wave it at me so I know that you've lifted your hand this morning. Anyone in this room? I've never received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Is your hand up on? Thank you. All right, we have one that is lifting their hand. Is there anyone else this morning you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You want to today. Anyone else in this room this morning? 